temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. And now your host, Chris Ranji. It is not Chris Ranji. It's Ed Farmer alongside Darren Jackson. Glenn is Chris Ranji is on uh, other duties right now. From the Chicago Wolves Update Studio, I'm Chris looking to attend a live hockey game. Hi, I'm Chris looking to attend a hockey game. <laughs> well, hold on one minute, Chris. Let me have a large, bright, heavy ice. Come on. Yeah, come on. You know what? You know come what? Come on. <laughs> That's it. You, you broke Ranji now. <laughs> Way to go. Well, he's been broke all day. He's a hard reboot. Oh, I need to be better at my job. <laughs> I would, you know what? It's far too late for that. And now your host, Chris Ranji. It is really horrible. It is way too late for me to be. Can you improve at your job in, in like your 40s? I feel like everybody starts to go downhill after, uh, like, 37. Unless you're Tom Brady. By the way, did you know Tom Brady's 43? Did anybody tell you? Yeah, he's 43. Uh, he's not any better, though. See, that that's a case in point. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Tom Brady is actually worse. He had a pretty good year, but he's still very obviously not the old Tom Brady. I'm the old Chris Ranji. And uh, I'm with you tonight until 10 bells. How are you worried sick about you? I've missed you. I've missed Sean Anderson, who is uh, producing and running the board for us tonight. He's going to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Hi, not a whole lot. Hello. Ain't a whole lot he can do about me, but he can sure make sure that we, uh, we actually have some kind of show to do. This hour is brought to you by, or we are actually broadcasting live from... The Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We just heard Bears All Access, as we typically do on Thursdays for an hour. And it's appropriate that we go from that to this. This is a big day, everybody. I know for a fact this is going to be a really big day. You know why? Uh, Because the Bears are going to trade for Deshaun Watson. It is going to happen Right, John McClain from the Houston Chronicle? John, I know you got to roll. Thanks a ton for the time. Just on the way out, the headline is Deshaun Watson not heading to the Bears, right? Can we clarify that? I think that'd be pretty safe to say, guys, if they were going to trade him, <laughs> they need to do it to the Jets and get the second pick so they can find another quarterback in what could be a good quarterback draft so they'd have the second best. Well, good night, everybody. Uh, I, that's not, that did not go the way I thought it was going to go. I thought for, see, John McClain is always ruining everything, isn't he? First, he's ruining a terrorist plot in Los Angeles at the Nakatomi building. And now he's ruining this dream for us. The, the dream that Deshaun Watson could end up as a member of the Bears. Um, listen, I'm going to go ahead and entertain this anyway. And I know you're not stupid. I mean, you might be, but I doubt it. You're listening to this show, uh, so your decisions are questionable. But but I, I think that it's still okay for us to entertain this idea. And it's okay for us to hold out hope. Hope is what keeps us going. Hope is what has kept us going through this, this past year of just absolute misery. Well, for a lot of people, unless you've cashed in on GameStop stock in the last 48 hours. Maybe you've done that. Maybe things are going really well for you, and congratulations. Or maybe you couldn't get through on Robin Hood today. Who knows? Whatever happened to you, and I'm very sorry. 
But for a lot of people, this has not been a good year. So I think hope has been sort of an important element in our lives. And there's always this possibility, however slight, then maybe, just maybe, something really good does end up happening for the Bears. And I know you have to be about this, uh, you have to think about it smartly, right? You can't just, if you're the organization, give the Houston Texans whatever they want. I mean, I guess you could. But it, it's it's one of those things where they're going to have a very difficult time making this deal happen. They don't have a number two overall pick to give up. And that's probably the most enticing thing for another organization to have is the highest pick possible. You can throw a bunch of picks at them. That, that'd be great. You know, Throw a bunch of first-round picks at them over the next several years. Maybe that's something Houston would bite on. But there is something here that is an even more important part of this equation, I think. And that is, what does Deshaun Watson himself want to do? Would he want to join this organization? Does he want to join this uh, situation where everything seems to be up in the air? You don't know how long your head coach is going to be around. You don't know what sort of front office changes are going to happen over the next year or couple of years. You don't know what kind of stability is going to be in Chicago. Is this an attractive situation for Watson to want to be a part of? And I really do think that's probably the most important part of this equation because he can just say, you know what, I don't want to go there. He might be able to pull the Giancarlo Stanton from a couple of years ago. You remember when the Marlins and Derek Jeter just took over and they had a deal in place, I believe it was with the Cardinals, and Stanton said, "Uh, no, I'm not taking that deal. And the reason I'm not taking that deal is is because this is not going to go the way you want it to go. Giancarlo Stanton was upset enough with the Miami Marlins, with the way they had handled things, trading away Christian Yelich, letting Marcelo Zuna go, letting some of the really good players go. They had a terrific outfield for a minute. Letting that happen made him salty to the point where out of spite, he didn't want the Marlins to have what they wanted to have. And they thought they had a deal in place with St. Louis. And instead, he said, nah, it ain't going to go that way. And I'm sure part of it is he just didn't really want to come play in St. Louis. Maybe he didn't want to be a part of that team. Maybe he didn't want to play in that city. Maybe he did truly want to be on a coast. Maybe he wanted to be in New York. But you have to imagine there is some at least element of Deshaun Watson in his thinking. And I don't know, maybe he's not vindictive. And, and you know what? If he is vindictive, I don't have any problem with that. It's his life. He can do whatever he wants. He is, uh, this is, this is nearly a blank check for him. Not exactly, but he does have a lot of options, and he's got a ton of control in this situation. But maybe Deshaun Watson, somewhere in his mind, is so upset with the Houston Texans with the way they've operated over the last few years. Do you know, look, I I know that being a Bears fan hasn't been, uh, it hasn't been particularly great in the last few years since, you know, the the doink, well, the, the double doink, whatever. We don't have to bring that up again. I just did. I'm sorry. I know things have not been really good since then. A lot of disappointment. A lot of, I guess you can call it misery. And it's really happened over the last many years, right? But I think that something like this, if they were to make this happen, if the Bears were able to do something like this, that would be obviously a huge boost to everybody. Uh, But folks, uh, it is almost worse right now. Now, you know what? It isn't almost. It is worse to be a fan of the Houston Texans. How do you ruin that situation? You get a generational quarterback. I know a lot of people are tired of hearing the word generational applied to players because we've been doing it a lot with a lot of different people over the last few years. Patrick Mahomes being one of them. You know, Zion Williamson is is one of those guys. Uh, LeBron James, obviously, generational. We use the word generational a lot. 
we assign that to players a lot. But Deshaun Watson, I think, is one of those guys. He is almost all of their offense. He's almost their entire offense. He accounts for something like 80% of all of the yards they picked up over this past year because they had no DeAndre Hopkins. They didn't have much of a run game to, to rely on. That offense was an absolute mess. How bad of an organization do you have to be to waste Deshaun Watson? How bad do you have to be to do something like that? And I know it's not really a whole, it's not great solace for us, right? To know that it's worse somewhere else because we shouldn't be striving to be just better than the most miserable situation you can imagine. We should be asking for and demanding championships or at least real shots at championships every year. It's a, look, it's it's not realistic to be a championship team uh, year in, year out. It just isn't. I know the Patriots did it for a couple of decades. I, that's, that is a, an unusual situation that you may not see happen again unless it happens in Kansas City. You can't, you can't realistically expect that to happen, but what you can expect is for this team to regularly be a playoff team year in, year out, and more often than not, make some real noise and be a real threat to go deep in the playoffs when they finally get there. That's a reasonable expectation for an organization in a city like this with the resources it has. That is a reasonable expectation. You're able to do that if you have a guy like Deshaun Watson. So look on the flip side. If you're the Houston Texans, what you have not been able to do with that guy, you had that guy, can't do anything with it. How are you How are you doing nothing with Deshaun Watson? How are you not only doing nothing, but you're actually making it worse? You're pissing him off. You've made a generational player angry at you. What do you do? You take away his favorite weapon? You send him to another team? What's the matter with you? What is the matter with you? So yeah, it could be worse. It's not really a whole it's not really a whole lot of comfort, is it? That doesn't make you feel better. But, you know, I guess knowing that it's happened is uh <laughs> well, maybe it does make you feel a little bit better. Right? Just a little bit in the moment. I don't know. Maybe not. Sean's looking at me like that's not that's not a thing. I mean, it, the, the Texans really couldn't have screwed it up any more perfectly. Like, honestly, you, you hire some random chaplain from, from New England, you let him rise the ranks, and then you let the franchise quarterback go. And now, and people have said this before, Ryan Pace gets to possibly trade his way out of another draft mistake like he did with Leonard Floyd, uh, like he did with uh, Trubisky, well, Trubisky with uh, Nick Foles, uh, Kevin White with Allen Robinson. Like, it, it's same old stuff. You know, I don't want to... Um... I, I hate to point this out, and I know it's already been pointed out, but I can't stop thinking about the... Look, if, if they are able to work something out, and I realize the odds are against them, there are a lot of other teams that are going to have interest um, and maybe more to be able to give Houston in order to make it happen, You know, whether, it's, whether it is the Jets in the number two or whether it's Carolina, whatever it is. There are going to be a lot of teams that have interest in him. So the Bears have an, uh, have an uphill battle as it is to, to put together a package that's, first of all, interesting enough to Houston and then to leave themselves with a good enough situation to tell Watson, yeah, go ahead and come here. Everything's cool. You're going to be happy if you come here and play. So they've got a lot of work to do in that area, and I realize the odds are very much against them. Um, but I, I hate to point this out, but I cannot stop thinking about the fact that, uh, you know, it would have been a whole lot better to have this dude without having to give up a bunch of resources, without having to give up a bunch of picks. And I can't imagine there's been a situation in the last few years. If there has, remind me of it, because I can't, I can't think of it off the top of my head. Have we gotten the quarterback situation completely right? No. Whitney's second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft 
The Chicago Bears select Deshaun Watson, quarterback, Clemson. In an alternate universe, somewhere that happened. Oh, so you are telling me there was an opportunity for them to to pick that guy and not have to give up any capital to do it. Wow. That would have really been something if they could they could have made that happen. I can't I'm sorry. I can't stop thinking about it. I can't let it go. You know, I I know that it's it's four years later, almost four years later. Or three and a half years later. Uh I know that 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 a normal person, somebody who is well adjusted, would say, Hey, let it go, man. It's in the past. Move on from it. I cannot move on from it. I'm having a very difficult time moving on from it. From now on, it will be known as the time the Bears passed on Deshaun Watson and didn't draft him. That's what it is. So if somebody ever says something to you like, hey, where were you when it happened? We're not talking about the Challenger blowing up, which, by the way, uh, 35 years ago today, uh, the Challenger blew up. Did you know that the Challenger was supposed to launch on the day of the Bears-Patriots Super Bowl in 1986. But there was bad weather. It was too cold. I believe it snowed. So they backed up the launch a couple of days. And then things did not go better with that launch. It is the anniversary. Rest in peace. Uh, You know, thoughts and prayers. To everybody, that's really, really kind of a sad. But people will tell you they remember where they were when the Challenger blew up. Sean Anderson doesn't know because he wasn't alive. But a lot of people do remember. I remember where I was. I was in third grade. My mom picked me up for lunch that day. She took me to McDonald's. She said, "Oh yeah, by the way, the space shuttle blew up." And I said, "What?" As I was eating my double cheeseburger and fries in my Happy Meal. Yeah, the the space shuttle blew up. How's school today? Got a lot of homework? Uh, No, we didn't have homework in third grade. Actually, you know what? We did have homework in third grade. Uh, I'm going to tell you something about me, Sean. I am horrific at at math. I'm awful at it. I did okay with arithmetic when I was a kid. Getting to the point we did times tables in third. Third grade was a bad year for me. First, the space shuttle blows up. And... I can't do the times test. You know, they used to do the, you know, they would do it by numbers. Like, okay, this week you're learning two times two. Next week you're learning uh, four times five. You know, like whatever the fours are. And then the following week you learn the fives. You, You do all these things in order. I think when we got to about seven, I think it was the sevens when you were learning seven times one, seven times two, seven times three. It was all memorization. That's how you did it. I was awful at it. We took tests. I was the apps. Okay, so we took our times table test one day for, I guess it was the sevens, could have been the eights. I don't know. After the test was recess, I was the last kid to get to go to recess because I was still taking the times table test because I was so bad at it. And you and just yes, couldn't I still think, think like, oh, one touchdown, seven points, two touchdowns, 14, three touchdowns, 21, four touchdowns, 28, etc. You couldn't just do it in the, like that way? That's how I, I learned. I could not, Sean. If I would have thought of it, I would have done it that way. But I was too stupid. I can't do the times tables. Well, thankfully, I'm you're, sorry. you're picking up 30 years later. 35. Thanks for making me feel worse about it. Kids used uh, to make fun of me in third grade because I had gray hair. What? Yeah, I had gray hair in third grade. Kids that called me nocturnal. So, I mean, at least you were stupid. I was a bat. <laughs> nocturnal. What? How, do you have gray hair now? You got a hat on. I can't tell if you have gray hair. Oh yeah, the gray turned to balding. So I'm covering oh, the balding. Mm-hmm. That's okay, buddy. That's okay. Gray's better than bald. But you know what though? Bald is okay too. Yeah. Some people wear bald really well. Gr- Bruce Willis. We were talking about John McClane earlier. He looks great bald. Gray only lasts so long, like only, you know, up until eighth grade. And then I started losing it. Oh, I'm sorry, buddy. You look great, though. That's a good looking beard. Good looking beard. You can wear a knit cap all year. It's even cool to do it in the summer. Uh, So the Bears, uh, are they going to get to Sean Watson or not? Maybe Brad Spielberger 
of Pro Football Focus and also Over the Cap can help us figure out if the Bears have enough room to make it happen and enough resources. Maybe he won't throw cold water on this party that John McClain of the Houston Chronicle did. You can text the show, 312-644-6767. Call me as well. If you want to call and yell at me about something I did to you in the past, feel free. You're listening to The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. From what I understand, more than half the teams have called the Texans on Deshaun Watson. If you're wondering who could be interested, I would say almost everyone, but a couple key ones to keep an eye on. The New York Jets, of course, assuming uh, if they do end up moving on from Sam Darnold. The Carolina Panthers, who still need a quarterback of the future, I'm told they are expected to be aggressive. The Chicago Bears still have a quarterback issue. So do the Colts. Hard to imagine him going uh, in the division, though. But essentially, anyone who needs a quarterback is going to be called. Ian Rappaport on Inside the NFL saying, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Bears need a quarterback, too. So there's that. You're listening to Chris Ranji on 670 The Score. We we will take your calls and your texts and, uh, and all of that good stuff. You can tweet at me as well, at Chris Ranji throughout at the show. Uh, you can also tweet at this person. It is Brad Spielberger. He is a, uh, he's a salary cap analyst from Pro, Foot- Pro Football Focus, also overthecap.com. And he joins us on the Alpamonte Nissan uh, hotline, Alpamonte, Nissan, and Melrose Park on North Avenue. Brad, welcome to the show, first of all. And secondly, you promised me via Twitter that you would help us trade for Deshaun Watson. Have you figured out a way to make that happen? Yeah, well, first, thank you for having me on. And, and second, more importantly, yeah, we're going to get this thing done uh, You know, by the end of this hit. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, that's all I needed to hear. Uh, <laughs> so, so let's start there. I mean, y- you have to imagine that of all the teams that could have interest in Rappaport kind of laid them out there. You know, there's the, there's Carolina, there's potentially the Colts, obviously the jets. What do the bears have to give? Yeah. And that's the tough thing there, right? Is that, you know, their pick is late in 2021. And then presumably if you add Deshaun Watson, the picks will only get later. Although obviously the, the Texans pick this year is, is third overall and Miami owns it. Um, but I think what, what the Chicago would have to offer is players. They'd have to offer some young assets, um, some good young assets. I mean, for example, they have some of the worst cornerbacks in the NFL. So, you know, I know he's everyone's kind of favorite rookie, uh, but Jalen Johnson, you know, maybe a player like that, maybe a Darnell Mooney, another, another you know, up, rising rookie. Uh, they'd have to get – picks would maybe not get it done. They'd also have to throw in some good players. Yeah, and so the difficulty with that is because Watson has some, you know, he's got some leverage here, he can say no, you have to make a situation that's not just attractive to the Texans, but it's also got to be attractive to him. You have to say, uh, yeah, come play here because this is going to be a great situation for you. Is it possible for them to make a deal like that happen, to trade players off the roster and still be able to convince him the situation is still good. 
Right. That's the danger is that he's, you know, he saw that happen in Houston where, you know, he's an incredible player, but they traded two first for Laramie Tunsil, made all these big moves, traded, you know, third round picks for Gary on Conley, third round pick for Duke Johnson. And they weren't able to, you know, build a roster around him. Uh, I think the way you sell that though, is ironically, you say, look, the bears didn't have two first round picks after trading for Khalil Mack. And they still, you know, a worst case scenario with, with bad quarterback play, still went 500. So I guess you sell him on, look, Ryan Pace makes his money in the fourth and fifth round anyway. That's always been the case. So, you know, he can continue to do that. And and that's the thing too, Brad, is, is that, and I, people talk a lot about helping out the quarterback and in doing so, that means you, you got to have a number one receiver, like a legitimate number one receiver, and you have to have a run game. And th- those are things you clearly want to have. But one of the ways you can help a quarterback a lot is by putting together a good defense, and he he hasn't really had the benefit of of having that. Is that a good enough sell for him? Yeah, I mean, I think he's had great receivers. You know, I think people even think the offensive line is still bad. It's really not that bad anymore. Um, so he's had all the pieces around him on offense, but this year they had you know one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So I think there was an argument to be made that you tell him, yeah, listen, like. Your offense may take a small dip. You may go from being, you know, one of the best offenses to, you know, maybe an 8-12 range, but you'll also go from having the 30th-ranked defense in a bunch of metrics to, you know, let's say if they move some guys to Houston, you know, hopefully still in the top 10 range on defense, you say, we think, you know, this roster being good on both sides of the ball and then you kind of being a superhero when necessary, that's going to put you over the top more than focusing so much on one side of the ball. Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com is visiting with us. You can follow him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. Uh, regarding the Bears and, and, and how people around the league and, and, and players and potential coaches in particular see them, are they looked upon favorably? I, I mean, the, the Bears have always been a, an historic organization. People talk about the Chicago Bears, and I think there's that, there's that, there's that name value but in terms of the current situation, is it attractive for potential coaches to really want to be here or players? I mean, I think it's hard to argue that it is. I mean, I think you just look at how things played out. Of course, we don't know the situation for everyone. But, you know, for example, Deuce Staley, who was the running backs coach and assistant head coach with the Eagles, he chose the Detroit Lions over the Chicago Bears as where he was going to go. And it's simply the fact that, there is not certainty with, with Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace, you know, for the foreseeable future. So these guys have to prioritize, you know, their, their security sink, you know, you're moving your family across the country maybe. And then, you know, 12 months later, you could be doing it again. So there's that aspect of it. But at the same time, if we want to tie the conversations together, I mean, if you trade for Deshaun Watson, then yes, then I think that signifies to other coaches and teams, okay, this, this building trust the coach and the GM, maybe they aren't on that hot of a seat. And now they have this franchise quarterback, so there's more stability there. Um, but, I, but I do think, I would say, people overrate the kind of the name of the Chicago Bears. But I also think for some reason there's this incorrect perception that they don't spend money, which is not true. Um, they've spent a lot of cash on players. They're willing to you know, push the limit on the cap and push money down the road. So, so, from, so I think it kind of works both ways. But I think it's a, it's a middle of the pack in terms of attractiveness, maybe you know, upper third. It's not about spending the money uh, or whether or not they'll do it. It's whether or not they do it correctly. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's most people, I, I think of all the teams in town, that is one that if you're, if you're really looking at it realistically, that's a team that is willing to put the money up. It's just a matter of whether or not they are smart about the money they give out. So as we look at the construction of of the roster and they should have is it somewhere about a uh, ten and a half million in cap space as of as of this point what what sort of shape are they in as we go into the off season so you know relative to the league they're honestly not in very good shape um you know they're they're in the bottom third of projected cap space and on top of that you know they currently don't really have a, a starting quarterback on the roster they don't have a, a wide receiver one on the roster and, you know, those next expensive positions, you know, would be tackle. They don't, they don't have an expensive tackle. They might move on from a Bobby Massey. Um, so not only are they not in a great cap situation, but they also need to address the, the priciest positions in the league, you know, outside of Khalil Mack, of course, at edge rusher. So it's not a great situation, but 
you know, a lot of teams this offseason are going to have to, you know, cook the books a little bit and, and, and make things work. So, again, because they're willing to spend cash and willing to be creative, as they've already done, you know, adding, you know, put, pushing one down the line and all that, there's no reason why they, they shouldn't do it again. Can they be creative enough to keep Allen Robinson? They can. They, they can. I, I'll never say the cap is fake or anything like that. I wouldn't have a job if that were the case. But you really can manipulate the cap to an extreme degree. Um, if they do franchise tag him, it makes it harder because obviously that full cap hits in the first year. Um, and I think that almost provides a bit of leverage to him where he would say, you know, if you just go ahead and finally match my number and extend me, then we can lower my 2021 cap hit, you know, way down. Um, so, you know, I, it would make it harder. But, yes, it's, it is still possible. We are talking with Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com. And I want to take this conversation back to Watson for a moment because in Houston, they've hired David Culley. Kind of came out of nowhere as far as being a coaching candidate. Took a, you know, took all of us watching by surprise. And by all accounts, he is a very good people person or he relates to his players very well. He's had to manage receivers, which is a difficult job to do because receivers tend to be, as you know, the uh, a difficult breed sometimes because they're talented, they want the ball, they don't always get it, and they're, they're pissed off a lot. So if he's able to do that, is it even, you know, even though Watson has requested the trade, are we sure that it's a foregone conclusion he's going to leave there or can Cully talk him into staying? Yeah, you know, just quickly on Cully first and foremost, I think there's, there could be a trend here where obviously everyone wants the next Sean McVay or this next genius, you know, that, that calls plays. But I think there's also could be a smart opportunity to kind of, you know, zig when everyone else zags, where he's kind of that, that CEO type. I mean, he comes from the Ravens where John Harbaugh does not call plays on offense or defense, you know, former special teams coach. So I think maybe teams realize, okay, if we're not going to get one of these whiz kids, maybe you just get this kind of field general that just kind of runs the ship and takes care of everything as a CEO type. So I don't hate the idea, you know, in a general sense, and now they're bringing on a bunch of other coaches, Lovey Smith included. Um, you know, to my understanding, even if they did hire Eric Bieniemy, who was the guy he, he you know, allegedly was, was favoring, he still wanted out. That's how bad it had gotten. Um, so I know that obviously, you know, Nick, new GM Nick Casario and, and David Coley are going to do, you know, until March 17th when the new league year begins, they're probably going to, you know, be calling Deshaun every single day trying to convince him to stay. But I guess I wouldn't say foregone conclusion, but I, I think there's like a 90 something percent chance he's not a Houston Texan, you know, in the beginning of 2021. You know, Brad, it seems like nonsense to me when you hear people in football say that Biennemi does not interview well. Because and I I don't know what he's like in interviews I have no idea but uh, you know you see a press conference with Dan Campbell and you go okay that guy you're gonna tell me he's a great interview like how does how does that guy wow people in an interview what what exactly what is that all about and and how much of that is nonsense the way it appears to me I completely agree with you I think it's completely nonsensical um, and honestly you know there's one example this past off season that I now think kind of gave gave the the trick away a little bit where I don't know if they ever came out officially obviously they don't come out officially but there were rumors that you know Robert Saleh quote-unquote didn't interview well in Detroit the reality of the situation is Robert Saleh though he's from you know Michigan and Detroit area he chose to take the New York Jets job instead because he preferred that job so then you hear oh he didn't interview that well so we didn't like him no you didn't get him you probably offered him the job and he probably didn't take it so there's all, there's also that aspect as well but yeah, I don't really buy into the doesn't interview well. And even beyond that, I mean, unless the interview is so bad where the guy can't form sentences, look, you have a body of work. You have his, you know, the teams he's coached, the players that he's coached that can speak for him, vouch for him, which the entire Chiefs, you know, roster seems to do. Um, and like you said, I mean, watch a press conference of his. He sounds like a like a guy who would have a pretty good interview. And I've never heard him mention biting off kneecaps, you know, so far. <laughs> well, uh, you know, sometimes you have to. You get knocked down. You got to bite a kneecap on the way back up, and then get knocked down again, and then bite another kneecap. Um, does it, how much of him? And I'm talking about the enemy here. Be playing so deep into the season, you know, he's gone to Super Bowls last couple of years, so he's not really available at the moment when all of these other coaching vacancies are getting filled because teams don't want to be left without, you know, with nothing. So how much of that really hurts him, that he's still coaching right now? 
You know, I've seen that as well in recent days, and it reminded me of, look, Brian Flores, who is one of the great young coaches in the NFL already, uh, he didn't get hired by the Dolphins until after the Super Bowl. He was a coach of the Patriots, he was the defensive coordinator, and he did not, uh, I'm not even sure if he interviewed until after the Super Bowl. Maybe he did, probably before. But anyway, so yeah, so they didn't even offer him the job until after the Super Bowl. So I think if a coach is a great coach, if you know he's a great coach, um, you know, and if he sells you in interviews during the playoffs, as they tend to do them, if you have your conviction on that guy, you should be willing to wait it out and hire him when he's available. So where is Watson going to end up? Oof. I, I think they'll try their best to get him out of the AFC. Uh, I think that, you know, so that might favor a San Francisco uh, or perhaps like a Washington football team um, in the NFC. They have a lot of assets, a lot of picks. Um, those are also both good teams where I think, he should be willing to accept a trade to the football team. Maybe he won't because of other issues. But obviously, I think any player would, you know, join Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco in a heartbeat. Um, but so those ones, I think, probably that the Texans would prefer. Um, but I think Deshaun Watson wants to be a Miami Dolphin in 2021. Uh, you lied to me, Brad. You, you said you were going to work this out, and he was going to end up in Chicago when it was over. And I heard you mention a bunch of teams, not the Bears. That's what I heard. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I am confident that... The team that would be willing to offer the most, the largest package, again, they don't pick as high, but I think Chicago genuinely, I believe, would offer more than anyone else. I think they would basically tell the Texans, just keep calling us back, and if someone raises our offer, just call us back and we'll raise ours. Um, Which, you know, again, maybe is not the greatest strategy, but they are the most desperate. You know, as we talked about, they're obviously, they they feel like there's a, they need to win next year or things could change, you know, with, with their jobs. So, you know, that works in their favor, I suppose. Which what is the team in draft day? Is it the Jaguars in draft day that um, that that Kevin Costner deals with, and then he winds up getting he trades all of his picks, and then he gets all the picks back to send the quarterback. It's the Seahawks. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the Bears. They're just going to end up trading like all these things when they could have just drafted him themselves, well, or drafted exactly. Watson yeah. themselves. Well, whatever. What a mess. <laughs> hey, yeah, Brad, I appreciate yeah. you sorting through it all with us though tonight. Of course. Thank you for having me on. That is Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com. So uh, what I heard him say was is that the uh, the Bears have no shot whatsoever. We're going to pretend tonight as if he didn't say any of those things. We're going to continue to pretend as if they have a real opportunity to acquire one of the best quarterbacks in the league and what would be a franchise changer for them over the next several years. We'll pretend like that could happen. And listen, you can text the show and let us know what you be what you would be willing to give the Houston Texans in order to make the deal happen because we might have to crowdsource this. If the Bears don't have enough to make it happen, you are going to have to pitch in. What would you give them? 312-644-6767 to text or to give me a call. Also want to talk a little bit about the White Sox and the Cubs as the Sox have decided allegedly that they don't have enough financial flexibility to do anything else significant this offseason. I'm Chris Ranji. This is the score. You know, he he admitted himself that his the first contract he signed, he signed because again, uh, unfortunately, he was a cancer survivor. And, and he, he went for the money early on in his career because, you know, reality sunk, sinks in early to people that have illnesses. Not unfortunately, he beat it. That's great news, everybody. Unfortunately, he was a cancer survivor. No, Bruce. No, that's not, that's not what you meant. You know that's not what Bruce meant. It is 670 The Score. Uh, my name is Chris Ranji. Hello. Glad to have you with us tonight. Till 10 o'clock. Hey, Sean, who is on after us at 10? Is Les, is, is Les on with us? Is he on like right at 10 or is there somebody else? No, it's CBS Sports Radio. He go, he jumps on at midnight. Unless you want me to get oh. him. You want to do the 9 o'clock hour with Les? Uh, uh, let me get back to you. Let me get back to you on that. I'm not saying no. I love Les Grobstein. I have told people, and, um, you know, you appreciate things when you leave them. And I left Chicago for a few years. Been in St. Louis since 2017, right around Super Bowl time. Um, 
you, you learn about the things that you that you miss when you're not around them anymore. And Grobber is one of them. And I've been telling people every time I've had a chance to be on the score since I've come back that um, you better treasure him because that's exactly what he is. Les Grobstein is a treasure. There are not any other Les Grobsteins in the country. There is only one, and he is on this station. And you should, you should, as long as you have him, you should celebrate Les Grobstein. Don't call Les. You know, you should call Les. And because if you do call him between the hours of midnight and five, there's a very good chance that you'll get to be on the air for 12 minutes. And that is almost money in the bank. And if you've always wanted some airtime on 670 The Score, call Grobber in the middle of the night. Try not to be a butthole when you call, because if you're a butthole, he's going to hang up on you. If you're nice, he will entertain whatever ridiculous thought you've got. Doesn't matter what it is. He will talk to you for a dozen minutes. That's a long time. You're not going to get paid for it. But you can still be on the air. And I think that's worth it. Uh, Another man who is a treasure is the score's Bruce Levine, who you heard from, you know, right at the top of this segment. And he has a bit of news. Are you sitting down for this? Let me know. Let me know if you're not. Maybe you're if you're in your car, you're already sat down. You might want to pull over when I tell you what I'm about to tell you. This is from Bruce from about five minutes ago. The Cubs will watch former Chicago favorite Jeff Samarja pitch this weekend. The Cubs will also look at other veteran pitchers like Carlos Rodon. That's something we already knew who they will see throw, as reported, Tuesday. The Cabrera, 0 for 3. Well, Jeff Samarja, big man with big stones. He does have big stones. He will fight you. The goal is to find a 4-5 and five starter to battle for a rotation spot in ad depth. Let me repeat this tweet from Bruce Levine, which again, just minutes ago, was posted to Twitter.com. The Cubs will watch former Chicago favorite Jeff Samarja pitch this weekend. Jeff Smarja. Smarja. Close enough. How excited are you? Shark is coming back to Chicago, maybe. Oh, God, that's great. You remember when he became a free agent after his um, season in 2015 with the Sox? So I guess he was there in 14 and 15, right? Well, he was he was there at least in 15. And he was telling people, look, I'm going to make $90 million. I, I don't know if he said this publicly, but I do remember that he was telling people that he thought for sure after the subpar season he had. And if you remember, back then his ERA was 5. It was a 4.96 in the amount of starts he had. That was over 32 games started. He was 11 and 13. Nobody cares about the record. Doesn't matter. But this dude was telling people, I'm going to get $90 million. And I thought, that's there's just no way. There's no way he's going to get that. And guess what? He got that. Because that's how important pitching is. And he knew exactly what his value was going to be, and he got the 90 mil from the Giants. So after th- five seasons... With the San Francisco Giants, he is available, and it looks like the Cubs are going to entertain the possibility of bringing him back. How do you feel about that? Mm. That is not something I expected to happen at all. I did not see that one coming. Holy monkey. Jeff Samarja back with the Cubs back in Chicago. Here's what he did last year, in case you're wondering, and, and obviously he had some... Uh, He had some injury stuff that he was dealing with. He started just four games for the Giants last season. So that's a little bit over 16 innings, almost 17 innings. His ERA was 9.72. Fielding independent, nine, a little bit over nine. 
XFIP was was 818. Uh, he did not have a good season in 2020. And look, it was not good for, for a lot of people. Obviously, very difficult year. But um, look, you might as well, right? I, I guess you might as well. Take a look. See what the dude's got. It's possible. It's certainly possible he's got something left. But he is 36. He just turned 36. And it, uh, again, it's not out of the ordinary that a, a starting pitcher with some pedigree like Samarja's got will be able to find something useful, do something useful, but it has been a while. Well, I mean, 2019, he had a decent year, a 3.52 ERA and 32 starts, so you'll take that. I mean, if he, if he gives the Cubs that, you'll take it. But for a team that clearly needs starting pitching right now, they are exploring all avenues. I don't think they're the avenues you were wanting them to explore. Uh, but their avenues, I mean, they got to have somebody throw the ball. They got to have somebody do it. Q gone, Lester gone. You, you got to have somebody pitch. So it looks like Jeff Samarja could be a part of it. Carlos Rodon might be a part of it. How you feel about that? Woo! That is not something I was expecting at all. Let's go to uh, Matt. Let, we're taking your calls. 312-644-6767. From the White Castle parking lot, which is where I'd like to be, is Matt. Hello, hey, Matt. Hey, hey, Ranger. Good to hear from you again. That's been Good a to hear long from time. You. What did you get at White Castle, or are you just in the parking uh, lot? Well, I did a fantastic voyage. So I this is the second uh, leg of my food trip tonight. <laughs> um, wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. What, what, what are you talking about? What is a fantastic voyage? Do I need to know what this uh, is? Yeah, a fantastic voyage. You do multiple stops of food. You I put, have you never put a heard of meal together. Oh, come on. Seriously? Uh, oh, no, serious. I've never heard. I've heard, I've heard it called, uh, you remember the show Louie before Louis C.K. became a creep? Or before we found out he was a creep? He was a creep well, during the show. I think, I think he was always a creep, but we yeah, found out. Yeah, we just found out about it. Yeah. Uh, he he yeah. did an episode with another comedian where they went to dinner. And then they left that dinner and went straight to another restaurant, had another full dinner, and they called it a bang-bang. So you're on a fantastic voyage, bang-bang, whatever. How do you feel about Jeff well, Samarja coming to the Cubs, maybe? I'm, I'm totally okay with this. This is, this is a Cubs team that has disappointed us in the last three years to a point where we, need, we, we as in the culture, need to break up. I mean, this, this is the easy decision for the Cubs. They're losing money because they they bought a lot. They can't do anything with it. And why why go around with this team again? I mean, I would I love the Cubs to death, but I'm I'm okay. I pay, you know, I go to 15 games a year and pay top dollar to drink 15, 20, uh, you know, Bud Light slashes old styles if I can get them at the two concession stands they have there of that. I'm okay paying that again as long as there's a plan. And the plan of going at it again with the roster they had the last three years, it's a loser. So, yeah, whatever. Just Kamarza, you know, pitches well for the first half and you trade him, I'm in. Why not? Okay. You know, I, I understand that. And I, I think there are a lot of people who agree with you on that. I, I guess the – when it becomes unsettling is the idea that that core – still should be pretty good i mean you've got you, you've got a lot of guys who are still productive especially in the lineup and they should have been able to supplement that a little bit better i think that's the difficulty for a lot of people but i understand if you if you look at the situation and and realize it's it may not work right now for whatever reason you might as well get what you can but you got to go in full rebuild mode to do that i just don't know that that's where they are I mean, is this really truly? A, have have they acquired since the season ended? I mean, they've made trades. Obviously, there was the the Quintana trade. Have they made deals where they have brought back like we're talking like top five prospects? They didn't do that in the deal with the Padres. They brought back decent players, maybe, but you're not talking about like like a system that is loaded like the Padres have. And yeah, they've graduated a lot of their players, but they still have good young talent. They didn't even make out with any of their like top five players or, or, you know, prospects or top 10. 
So I, I think that's the difficulty is if you're going to do it, you want them to go hard one way or the other and not just appear to save money. Who's the prospect the Sox got for James Shields? Uh, the Padres, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, who, they got no, Tatis. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And yeah. and guess what? James Shields was a nobody. So, in in your in your question, it's getting prospects. It doesn't matter where they're at because they can evolve to something else. I mean, the James Shields trade was a terrible trade only because Tatis turned out to be an MVP candidate. I mean, the Cubs just needed to get rid of stuff and get assets. Now, are they top assets? No. But can they, a 17, 18-year-old, be molded into something different? Absolutely. No doubt. And that, Matt, that's appreci- a chance. Uh, oh, oh, sorry. I cut Matt off. Didn't mean to. Appreciate the phone call, Matt. we got, we got to get up to a break here. But, I mean, you, you do make a good point. It's possible some of those players in that deal may turn into something special, and you're not really expecting it. You know, the, uh, what, Owen Casey, Ismail Mena, Guys like that who, who were in that, uh, it was the Darvish deal, I'm sorry, not the Quintana. I mentioned Quintana earlier, but it was the Darvish deal. Um, so, yeah, it's possible some of those players end up, or one of them ends up being really good. I, my difficulty with the James Shields trade, you know what, we'll wait. We'll talk about that when we get back on the other side, because I do want to talk about the White Sox here, too who have said, allegedly, according to Bob Nightingale, that their financial flexibility, not quite there right now. So the team they've got now looks like the team they might go into spring training with, without any new additions. I'm Chris Ranji, with you till 10 o'clock tonight. White Sox talk to Sean Watson, possibly to the Bears. All that coming up on The Score. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.